Good afternoon and welcome aboard. Happy Monday to you. John McGinnis with you, KPK News Radio. Hope you're having a great day and uh, survived the storm. It looks as though everybody did. And it's very interesting to look kind of little, do a little bit of a, uh, a post-mortem on the storm that was yesterday, setting a new record, which is incredible. Goes back to 1880 to find uh, the day that we got close to that. I think that was 5.23 inches in 1880. 1880. That's a long time ago. Uh, versus 5.44, I think we hit yesterday. And if you think about it, all these years, uh, these intervening years, where we've had probably every 8 to 12 years, we have uh, significant downpours. And you have uh, flooding. The creeks and, creeks and rivers rise, and you have uh, some challenges but to the best of my knowledge, no real uh, adverse uh, outcomes yesterday. So that's good news. Maybe maybe looking for something to be happy about. Perhaps the uh, storm drain systems are working well. Maybe there's been some positive engineering. I don't know. I don't know what uh, t- uh, what that should be attributed to, but uh, take it as good news. There are some concerns, obviously, because of all the, uh, the downpours, the heavy rains uh, on the uh, fire-scarred areas of the foothills, uh, that there could be some problems coming, of course, with more rain to come. And by the way, there is a uh, a fundraiser for the folks up in uh, the Grizzly Flats area uh, this Thursday evening from 4 to 8 p.m. at the Placerville, the Eldorado County Fairgrounds in Placerville. Uh, check that out. Uh, it's, a, it's a pasta feed, and you can either dine there or take stuff to go at the uh, Eldorado County Fairgrounds this Thursday, October 28th, 4 to 8 p.m., uh, to benefit the people up in the Grizzly Flats area. Uh, uh, area because of what they've been through. So, um, <clears throat> other things going on. This is uh, this is very very interesting and illuminating to me. I'm gonna try and bring it into something that uh, to to kind of illuminate the um, the all the implications of what's taking place in San Francisco. I know we talk about San Francisco quite a lot, and San Francisco is its own unique culture, its own environment, and and I I think they're entitled to that. I don't suggest that they should. Uh, endeavor to uh, to give up their core beliefs and philosophies and be the city that, and county that they want to be. But there is a change underway there, I believe, and it's uh, pretty well laid out in the San Francisco Chronicle, Chronicle article uh, from over the weekend. talks about uh, why a progressive prosecutor, not the DA himself, but a, a homicide prosecutor in the office just left uh, the DA's office, led by Chesa Boudin, who's facing a recall effort now, and it looks as though they've gone well beyond the signatures required to make that happen in San Francisco. And I know there's a combination of uh, of recall intrigue and recall fatigue, but if you look at the lay of the land on this and some of the specific information to come out of this article, and I had a conversation last week or the week before with uh, two former San Francisco prosecutors, uh, who told me, actually, they told me uh, information that, 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 frankly, I believe uh, and am inclined to rely upon. One left fairly recently to go into private practice elsewhere. Uh, but they assert that uh, 100 prosecutors have left the DA's office in San Francisco. And I think their total strength, uh, total uh, positions for prosecutors uh, is around 140. I know they're smaller than the Sacramento County DA's office, which is about 188, I think. So just to kind of put things in context, they've lo- if, in fact, they've lost 100 of those people, that uh, that represents a huge drain in terms of resources that that are absolutely e- essential to uh, the maintenance of public safety in a jurisdiction. And I understand the standards, the beliefs, the philosophies in San Francisco are different than they are elsewhere. Uh, but this uh, tells a very very interesting story. And this prosecutor who left, this deputy district attorney who left uh, the DA's office in San Francisco is uh, by no means a conservative. She's uh, she's identifies as a as a progressive herself. And so she sat down with a uh, San Francisco Chronicle uh, reporter 
and uh, and shared some of her story. The the prosec- former prosecutor's name is Brooke Jenkins, and uh, according to the Chronicle, she's one of about fifty attorneys to leave the DA's office. Again, the inside source I have says it's a hundred, or in the order of magnitude of a hundred. So she sat down on a bench in Golden Gate Park on a recent afternoon, uh, as Brooke Jenkins did with this reporter, and uh, and explained exactly the city's uh, raging debate over crime and how District Attorney Chesa Bodine responds to it and asserts that it's more complicated uh, than left versus right. And that's a, a, absolutely true. San Francisco has been a liberal bastion my entire life. But they have had good prosecutors over the years. They've had very effective law enforcement in the city and county of San Francisco, historically. Well, now that's changing. So Ms. Jenkins, a former homicide prosecutor, just quit. Her last day was October 15th. She's now one of about, again, they say 50 attorneys. I think it's probably twice that. Uh, and they uh, they assert that's uh, a third of the office. So even a third, go with the lower number. That is a significant um, experience drain out of that office. One of uh, of 50, they say, to leave the office since January 2020 when uh, Chesa Bodine took charge. But Jenkins' decision to speak out about what she views as chaotic management, high turnover, and ideologically driven decisions at the DA's office sets her apart in the normally tight-lipped criminal justice community, and so does her new role, volunteering for the campaign to recall her former boss. Uh, Jenkins, who, by the way, I don't know that it matters to you, it shouldn't, but she is black and Latina, and uh, like Bodine, or Bowden, I think his name is actually Bowden, but Bodine seems better to me, so that's what I go with out of habit. Uh, but she describes herself as a progressive prosecutor who has long sought alternatives to incarceration. Uh, she says she agrees with the central tenet of Bodine's campaign that the criminal justice system is racist and needs reform. Obviously, I take exception to that. I take issue with it. I'd be happy to debate the uh, the merits of that assertion. But she disagrees with what she sees as Bodine uh, prioritizing ideology and politics over the day-to-day handling of cases, which she says has yielded an unorganized office, plummeting morale, and bad outcomes for victims and their families. That's what it's all about, right? You serve the victims, and you engage in practices that uh, will foreseeably minimize the likelihood of amassing additional victims. It is is worthy of note that this is personal for Ms. Jenkins. One of those family members, uh, one of those families, I should say, that suffered a loss was her own husband's. Devastated by the slaying last year of his 18-year-old cousin and what the family views as an ineffective prosecution of his alleged killers. The DA's office is now uh, a sinking ship, she says. That's a huge statement from somebody, by the way, who had been promoted by the current DA. She says it's like the Titanic and is taking public safety along with it. Uh, since taking office 21 months ago, Bodine has come uh, become one of the most uh, polarizing figures in San Francisco, so much so that a recall of him is likely to qualify for the ballot after can- uh, the campaign filed 83,470 signatures, I'm sorry, 487 signatures, uh, last Friday. That's uh, 32,000 more than what is needed. So even if some of those are dumped or disqualified, uh, it looks as though they have a pretty good margin of cover there. So up to this point, uh, the DA himself, Mr. Bodine, has been mostly criticized by residents concerned about crime and the uh, the police officers' unions. Less than two years into his tenure, he's been blamed unfairly for everything from Walgreens closures to long rampant car breaks and break-ins. That says uh, the San Francisco Chronicle. I don't know how unfairly that is. If you're not prosecuting criminals, I will say this, as we talked about on a past show, a big part of what uh, burdens even the best prosecutors is the fact that we have made so many significant changes in California law. 
nonetheless, his ability to, uh, he, he could take, I mean, it, it does not apply to, to homicides and rapes and other crimes. He's done away with a lot of the enhancements uh, for gang activity, for armed in the commission of a crime, those kinds of things that have yielded a significant impact on the sentencings, sentencing for uh, criminal offenders. And I think uh, obviously made uh, made a difference in terms of public safety. But this is the first time critics inside his office, including Ms. Jenkins, and two other newly resigned prosecutors have come forward to take issue with his approach to specific cases and his management style. That may pose a significant challenge if the recall goes to voters. And I don't care how left you are or how right you are. I think there's a common denominator, a common theme that could unify people, and that is everybody wants reasonable protection. And if you look at some of the particular cases that have been uh, just re- really, that we're going to articulate some of them today, uh, horribly handled to the extent that uh, that bad people engaging in horrific misconduct, life-ending misconduct, have been allowed to uh, to walk free. That is not good for anybody. So in an interview with the Chronicle last week, uh, in fact on Friday, Bodine dismissed concerns about high turnover and low morale, saying many attorneys' offices and workplaces in general are struggling to retain employees as the country emerges from COVID-19 pandemic. He said he had only four vacancies among 144 prosecutor jobs and is excited about his new hires. Yeah, but what's the experience level? And by the way, uh, district attorney's offices in surrounding counties are not having those problems. I'll share some of the details on that uh, in a bit. Um, So he claims that uh, obviously high levels of turnover can create short-term problems, but it's great to have new energy and people who are excited about coming to work for the office and serving the city. Well, to what degree are they serving the city? That's the question I have. Uh, he asserts that he was surprised by Ms. Jenkins' decision to share her frustrations publicly and work for the campaign to recall him because he promoted her to the homicide unit. He went on to say, usually when you promote people, they think you have good judgment. Well, I think maybe it's fair to say that he had good judgment in that regard, but his judgment elsewhere is lacking. Supporters of Bodine say the turnover simply reflects growing pains and that uh, reforming a broken criminal justice system is bound to upset some career prosecutors. Uh, Whichever way you lean, people like Jenkins are worthy of paying attention to as the most uh, one of the most powerful law enforcement officials in the city. uh, Bodine wants scrutiny, warrants scrutiny rather, and the uh, the way he runs his office day to day manages uh, people and handles criminal cases. Uh, could not be more germane to evaluating his job performance. Uh, so Ms. Jenkins and two other prosecutors are just a sliver of the de- departures that include uh, firings, retirements, and resignations, though it is impossible to know all the reasons employees left. Last week alone, Lisa Ortiz and Edgar Zambudino, uh, both victim services, uh, Sarah Oric, a prosecutor in the domestic violence unit, and uh, Maia Mazara, uh, the lead human trafficking prosecutor, announced their resignations. Those are critical positions. They are very, very critical positions. And to have uh, what is becoming a dearth of uh, experience in those critical positions, I think, portends a bad, bad future in terms of public safety in San Francisco. Other top prosecutors who have left include uh, Julia Cervantes, a manager in the General Felonies Division, uh, Lily Nguyen, a, prose- a homicide prosecutor, and Kathleen McBride, a sexual assault prosecutor. Diane Knowles, the uh, the head of the homicide unit, resigned last year to work for the Napa County District Attorney's Office. Uh, their exits have some of the most important units staffed by people without much experience. Here, here's This is absolutely critical. No one currently working in the Homicide Bureau in San Francisco, 
Not one person currently employed in the homicide unit in San Francisco has ever secured a murder conviction in San Francisco. That's according to Ms. Jenkins. That is powerful because that is a specialty kind of practice of law that requires experience. Uh, So what does that mean? She went on to say that nearly uh, half haven't even tried a murder case. The sexual assault unit is uh, similarly staffed, mostly by people without even a year of experience prosecuting sexual assault cases. That is a nightmare, and it's a, I, th- I think it's a, uh, an absolute predictor of challenging times to come. So the reason I think this is germane for us to talk about is because uh, this has become a trend across the country the last several years. And guess what? The people in this region, in Sacramento, El Dorado, uh, Placer, Yolo counties, as well as San Joaquin County, will all be uh, voting for district attorneys next year. It's very important to know what the role of the district attorney is, what what happens when you have uh, people who don't recognize their responsibilities and act accordingly. Our system of justice is is predicated upon a, a modified adversarial system. So you have the uh, the defendant, the criminal defendant, who should be vigorously represented by his counsel. That That's a given. That's part of the the guarantees in the Constitution. But you also need somebody to be on the other side to represent the people, without which uh, you've got a losing proposition and you have the the absolute reality that you'll have far more people who are who ele- represent an element of evil and threat to innocent people that will be on the streets. So this is so incredibly important to watch what's happening in San Francisco and be prepared to make informed decisions next year as you go to the polling place, or in reality, uh, sit down at your dining room table and fill out your ballot, because it is absolutely essential, and it will, absolutely will, have an impact on the quality of your life. Welcome back. Thanks for staying on board. John McGinnis with you, KVK News Radio, uh, talking about the uh, state of affairs in San Francisco. And I know uh, we are not in San Francisco, although we can be heard there. Uh, but the the trends in San Francisco are are spreading, frankly. And you have a, uh, a a prosecutor there, elected district attorney, who on the record has said that uh, his beliefs are that he he does not want to see uh, all criminals prosecuted to the full extent of the law. And obviously there's such thing as prosecutorial di- uh, discretion where they can make decisions as to how hard they have to go. Is this a one-off? Is this a career criminal? How do you treat them? But if you look at the shenanigans going on in that office and the extraordinary departures, the most generous of which indicates about... 50, which represents about a third of the office, 50 prosecutors have left. Just let me reiterate, they have nobody in the homicide homicide unit in San Francisco. Nobody, not one prosecutor there who has ever garnered a a murder conviction. Not one. So what's the likelihood? That's a complex uh, challenge uh, for a skilled and and, uh, and brilliant lawyer to, to prosecute a homicide case, a murder case. That is not a simple thing to do. So you have to have people who have the experience to be able to meet that demand. Similarly true uh, of uh, of sex assaults crimes. And so the idea that they've had that level of change, that from a management perspective, that is a, that is a horrible situation. So uh, Mr. Bodine, the, the incumbent district attorney, says the most important units are staffed by career prosecutors, and he has tremendous confidence in his staff. Well, I don't know how you could, sir, because they've never done it. Um, the office's stability came significantly under fire just last month when Superior Court Judge Bruce Chan actually blasted Bodine in open court for a high turnover and disorganization 
saying he strongly disapproved, quote, of the manner in which the office of the district attorney is being managed, end quote. That's from the bench in open court because they're so frustrated by the failure to be prepared to uh, to prosecute criminal offenses. And you can be as far left as you want to be. I, that's fine. I respect all opinions. But do you want to be safe and protected when you have somebody who has a demonstrated propensity to commit violent crimes in your community? Do you want those people to be dealt with accordingly? Do you want them at least locked up to where they cannot reoffend? Is this helter-skelter management philosophy and a reluctance to prosecute criminal offenders? Does that work? And there are forces at play. There are funds being raised and disseminated to ensure that uh, you have uh, these so-called progressive prosecutors, which is, a, I think it's the wrong euphemism to use. They're non-prosecutors elected to various district, district attorney's offices across the country. It's taken place. It's happening. It's underway. And there will be an effort here yet, yet again, just as there was four years ago, to do the same thing here. It, they'll be well-funded. Well-funded. So please, we need to understand all of the details, what you're setting yourself up for, when the people are not properly represented. Welcome back. Thanks for staying on board. John McGinnis with you. KFPK News Radio, 93.1K, uh, available everywhere on the iHeartRadio app or your smart speaker. Uh, talking about the uh, the importance of a good prosecutor, and the city and county of San Francisco, I think, graphically illustrate what goes wrong when you don't have that. And just kind of think about it in terms of if you get into a dispute, maybe you have a dispute over uh, property lines or some kind of a business dispute, and you're going to retain counsel to go uh, represent your best interest in court. Obviously, you don't want to get somebody who's sympathetic to the other side. But in San Francisco and Los Angeles, and to some degree in San Joaquin County, and other uh, venues across the country, uh, Cook County, Illinois, Chicago, uh, you have... Uh, uh, Philadelphia, by the way, Krasner, you have elected prosecutors who are much more aligned with the other side of the, the bar. And there's good people on the other side of the bar, and I understand that. There's a need for people there. But why would you hire somebody who was more inclined to uh, to represent the other side? And that's exactly what the electorate have done in these jurisdictions. Well, next year you're going to have to make a decision on who will uh, represent your best interest in terms of criminal ju- justice prosecution in uh, Sacramento County, Yolo County, El Dorado County, Placer County, San Joaquin County. In fact, every county in the state saves uh, San Francisco and Los Angeles. They're on a different cycle. Uh, but the importance of this and the importance of having uh, stability and predictability and common sense and wisdom in the criminal justice system is absolutely beyond any political division. It's a matter of common sense, respect, uh, and, uh, and frankly, exercising some do care for the victims of crime. 800-834-1530. i got much more to talk about, but let's get your calls. Let's check in with uh, Todd. Todd's patiently waiting in Folsom. Todd, good afternoon. Welcome to the conversation. Thank you for holding on. How you doing, Sheriff? I'm well, thanks. <clears throat> I just uh, turned on your podcast and kind of hit me uh, kind of right in the heart because today's 42 years that my dad, Chris Boone, was shot and killed on duty by a... Yeah. I remember. By, 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 by a sex crime guy up county from Arizona. Yeah, I remember that uh, extraordinarily well. I'm sorry. That was 42 years ago today. You're absolutely right. October 25th, 1979. I, I remember it extraordinarily well. I knew your father. Uh, he was a good man, by the way, a very, very good man. And uh, yeah. yeah, he was uh, actually investigating a series of uh, annoying phone calls from this guy, made by this guy, and was on a stakeout at the uh, the home of the victim. 
uh, and there was a confrontation, and, and regrettably, your father paid the ultimate sacrifice. And yeah, there are, there are people who want to push uh, his killer out of custody now, and that's uh, yeah, that's <clears throat> yeah. I've been talking to a couple people, and um, I won't use any names, but yeah, they're they're really trying to let him go. Well, I and, you know, my mom and I are the only ones left. You know, my brother was shot and killed. I remember your cop, brother was uh, yep. shot and killed when I was working homicide. I, I, I'm very familiar with the family uh, history. Uh, and I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm, I'm very sorry you have to relive this 42 years later. And uh, your dad was, again, a fine man. He'd, uh, he'd been a patrol officer for a long time and had re- fairly recently assigned as a detective when that took place. And uh, yeah, yeah the, the notion, you know, historically, by the way, in Los Angeles County, where they also have a very, 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 uh, I don't, I don't want to use the term progressive because progress suggests you're moving in a, in a positive direction, uh, but they call themselves uh-huh. progressive. But the uh, George Gascon is the DA in, in Los Angeles County, and, and he sees the world very much uh, the same as Chesa Bodine does. And frankly, to a great extent, I think the, uh, the way the governor of the state of California does, by the way, the governor, Newsom, appointed... Uh, George Gascone as district attorney in San Francisco because he was there before yeah. and then supported him when he ran for DA in San Fr- in Los Angeles. So they they all have yeah. this mindset that suggests that uh, they, they, they it looks as though they can't come to terms with the fact that some people have done such incredibly bad things and uh, that serves as a, as a as an illustration for the rest of the public to understand that they are capable of doing bad things again and therefore it takes extraordinary steps to keep them uh, in a position where they cannot reoffend, and uh, yeah, that's uh, it's it's a horribly sad set of circumstances. And the 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 notion of this person who is responsible for your father's death, and I will not utter his name, but I know it. Uh, yeah. uh, the the notion of him being uh, freed from custody uh, makes absolutely no sense. I, I think he he uh, he is a sick and twisted person. But he's also yeah. absolutely, uh, he displayed an abundance of evil. He was there to hurt, uh, harm the woman uh, that your father was seeking to protect. Uh, with priors from another state. Of absolutely. County. Absolutely. 100% true. He's an Arizona uh, uh, fugitive. <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, it's, it's frankly good to hear from you. And I'm, I'm sorry that you have to relive this. Yeah. And I remember that date yeah. as I do everyone that has happened since that time. Uh, crystal clear edge to my memory. October 25th, uh, 1979. Uh, may your father rest in peace, and may justice uh, continue to be uh, served by keeping the person responsible for his death locked up. And your your call serves as a, a graphic illustration of exactly what happens uh, when when the system doesn't work as it should. Todd, I appreciate the call, sir, very much. Uh, let's check in with uh, Dan, patiently waiting in Stockton. Dan, good afternoon. Welcome to the conversation. Thanks for holding on. Thanks, Sheriff. How are you doing? I'm well, thanks. How are you? Yeah, I'm fine. Hey, you know, I know we're talking about uh, prosecutor's office and what's going on, but, you know, one of the things I've tried to follow a little bit in San Francisco is the high turnover rate in police officers that are going to either other departments or that are just flat out leaving. For example, last year, around mid-year, there were were about 25, 26 uh, resignations which is which was more than the last year uh, calendar year combined, and right now, from what I've what I was looking up uh, not too long ago was the San Francisco Police Department is horribly understaffed. They need 400 yeah. police officers to just get at the level they need to be, and many of them cite the frustration with the with the politics and, quite frankly, Prop 47, which you know reduced. Uh, 
certain nonviolent felonies such as drug possession and fraud and theft and and, so, and, and possession. Frankly, the theft of a firearm uh, going from a felony to a misdemeanor. Who who thinks that's a good idea? What in what world does that make sense? I would think that you would have the the NRA uh, types as well as the the most anti gun people in the world agreeing that uh, the theft of a firearm should be a felony. It had been in per- forever. So why do we take the teeth out of that law? Possession of the date rape drug went from a mis- from a felony to a misdemeanor. How is that defensible? But that's what the people voted for because they did not read Proposition 47. And that's all part and parcel of this because I think uh, as you look at the choices that people make when it comes to the district attorney, if, if they have sound bites to say, no, we want, need to do things differently. We need to think about... Uh, programs and rehabilitation well i am a hundred percent support of that i believe in in programs that serve to rehabilitate really truly legitimately rehabilitate federal uh, uh, offenders but you have to do that in conjunction with the the spirit that says yes we are going to hold you accountable and if the programs don't work the the solution is that the only choice is to keep people locked up so they cannot reoffend. Uh, I think your point's very, very well taken. And by the way, as it relates to the departures from the San Francisco Police Department, a big part of that has to do uh, with the dissatisfaction with the district attorney there, uh, Chesa Bodine, because, uh, because for the very reasons we're sharing here today, why go out and beat your head in uh, fighting crime and lawlessness on the streets only to have uh, nobody ever held accountable for it? And in fact, I think in the current contemporary time in San Francisco, uh, the elected district attorney would be much more predisposed uh, to prosecute an officer, maybe even for a mistake in good faith, uh, than he would a righteous criminal offender, because they're not doing it. They're simply not doing it. And to assert that they have the resources in place to successfully prosecute uh, serious violent felonies when they have nobody with that experience in the office, uh, that that's, uh, that, that, that's frankly, that rises to the level of uh, overt dishonesty. Appreciate the call very much, Don, and you illustrate an extraordinarily good point. Welcome back. Thanks for staying on board. John McGinnis with you, KPK News Radio. Uh, talking about uh, the, um, uh, showcasing, really focusing on the district attorney's office in San Francisco because it's such a mess. You even have the uh, public defender there in the same hearing, by the way, where the judge from the bench uh, chastised the, uh, the elected district attorney for the manner in which he runs his office, which is a shambles. Uh, the the public defender in that same hearing uh, asserted that the the DA's office had not been providing the the exculpatory information as they're required to do under discovery uh, to the defense, and uh, that is a function of, in fact, as pointed out by Ms. Jenkins, who's left the office, very frustrated in spite of the fact that she had been treated well. She was advanced into a coveted position, promoted into a, a homicide prosecutor, great position. But she's not happy with the way the office is running, is being run. So she's stepping out, uh, to pursue the recall effort. And she says that, that, uh, the public defender's claims are a function of uh, high turnover in the office because think cases get handed off and uh, nobody knows what's going on and they're not living up to their standard. Uh, a, a legitimate, ethical, dedicated prosecutor, which represents the overwhelming majority of those with whom I've had the pleasure of dealing over the years understands that and knows that they're not trying to hide anything they do exactly what they're lawfully uh obligated to do and that is to share that information with uh, the defense bar uh so it, it is a mess and the consequences of it i think are so clear to see and the value of it for people outside of san francisco in northern california and beyond is to recognize exactly what happens when you make bad decisions uh, on the ballot 
It is it is a is a horrific outcome, and they're stuck with this system of justice in San Francisco, which, by the way, is a bit of a change because historically, uh, for a kind of a crazy town, San Francisco has been largely a safe place to to live, work, and do business. That's changing now, and, and the certainty, the predictability of uh, of uh, rampant lawlessness is very real there today. Who wants to live in that environment? Let's get your calls, 800-834-1530. Gene is patiently waiting in Sacramento. Gene, good afternoon. Welcome to the conversation. Thank you for holding on. Well, thank you for taking my call. You bet. Uh, speaking of the mentality that says we can rehabilitate some of these people, mm-hmm. I'll never forget many years ago seeing Rose Bird being interviewed on a TV show, and she said we can rehabilitate these people. She was talking about murderers and rapists. Yeah. Yeah, and you know what that caused me to do? Even though I had already registered to vote, I hadn't voted yet in any of the elections. I went out and I voted against her when they had that recall election yeah. or whatever it was. I she, wanted her out of there so bad. She she was removed from office on that, and she's one of only three justices on the California Supreme Court ever to be removed by the voters. Uh, and by the way, we, uh, we re-elected the governor that appointed her. Uh, brought him back, Jerry, Jerry Brown, Brown uh, and then gave him a, an unprecedented fourth term in office as governor of the state of California, which is interesting. It seems like a big disconnect there because the public was so uh, so overwhelmingly dissatisfied with her performance as the chief justice of the state Supreme Court that they recalled her and two others of her ilk, yet yeah. they, re- they brought him back for another opportunity to appoint more justices to the Supreme Court. But as it relates to, to rehabilitation, I think in terms of... Um, Certain things. In fact, I've had uh, a career sex offender tell me, person to person, face to face, nobody can ever change. He says, you can, nobody can ever change me. You've got to lock me up because I will continue to do this. This is how I'm wired. And I believe that's true. But I also I recognize the fact before. that there is a significant swath of the population who has regrettably never had a positive uh, role model in their life. And I know that may sound a little bit bleeding heart, but think about it for a moment. If you think back in your own life, I have no idea how you were reared, but when I grew up, I had uh, parents that worked diligently. They worked very, very hard, set a positive example, and tended to to kind of nurture and guide and encourage certain courses of action to make sure that uh, my siblings and I could all find a, a, a decent uh, footing in life. And uh, I've done that with my... Oh, by the way, all the people I grew up with were pretty much in that same position. Uh, and the, the, when I raised uh, my kids, the same thing. You're constantly telling them, watching closely, say, these are the these are the paths you want to take, and this is the exact kind of activity you want to avoid, otherwise you're going to find yourself in a bad way. Well, imagine people who, who grow up not knowing who their father is, because maybe the mother doesn't know who the father is, and the mother is uh, somebody who's got substance abuse, substance abuse issues and has been reared in a, a narcotic gang lifestyle, and so she's disengaged with the kids, and so they grow up believing that they're either going to prey on others, or perhaps uh, you could be born into fame and fortune, but they were not. And so that's all they know. That's the only frame of reference they have. So if they commit crimes, which they will, if that's their background, regrettably, then it's time for the system to step in and while they're incarcerated, in, introduce them to uh, some other options. So they learn, perhaps a trade, a skill, something, even, even uh, a manner in which to present themselves to prospective employers uh, so they can find uh, a, a better, more rewarding, successful life. And perhaps for the first time ever, be able to go about the living of their life, playing by the rules, uh, paying their bills, paying their taxes, doing what's expected of them, and not have the fear of, uh, of prosecution yet again. And I think that is, there is some part of the uh, criminal population to whom that scenario applies, 
And so I'm open to that. I think we should uh, seize the opportunity. But you don't do it in lieu of prosecution. You do it in conjunction with prosecution. You try to get them uh, to a better position and then... And then let let them reap the benefits of their newfound uh, successful, potentially successful life. Uh, so, but uh, you, to your point, the the people who are wired to kill and rape and abuse other human beings, there that's extraordinarily difficult to fix, uh, if not impossible. So you have to cut your losses, and it's, uh, to lose uh, to any anybody obviously is is a tragedy. Uh, but when they have uh, shown that propensity for crime and violence and the willingness to prey on others then it's incumbent upon the system to make sure that they can't do that again. And it sends a message. Hey, that's it for me. I appreciate the call. Gene, you're, you're going to be the final call today. Uh, stick around. You've got the lovely and talented Kitty O'Neill. She's coming up next with the afternoon news. I will see you right back here tomorrow. Have a great evening. So long.